T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Welcome back to the Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young sitting in today while Mark is out enjoying President's Day. Uh, One of the things, I'm a nerd. I'll just leave it out there at that because uh, one of the things that I love checking out here recently is something called chat GPT. It's, it's all the rage, but are we actually creating new tech issues that we've never faced before? So anything that we have that's tech related, I always want to go to the co-founder of ThrottleNet, friend of the show, George Rosenthal. Hey, George, great to talk to you again. Great to talk to you, Brad. Thanks so much for having me on. Sure. My pleasure. Uh, first of all, let's just lay the foundation. What is ChatGPT? Okay. So, well, think about it like when, when and I hate to say the words because it's going to activate a lot of people's devices out there, but I'll whisper it. Um, her name is Siri or Alexa. If you say <laughs> any one of those two, I don't want to say it loud because everybody's devices activate. I know. At uh, my house, at my two, house, we call her Eliza just to make sure that uh, it doesn't, there you go. Eliza, it doesn't kick I in. like that. That's good. Well, that, that actually to me was the first interaction I really had with AI, artificial intelligence. And that kind of blew my mind and it got better and better every year as it's gone on. And now it's gotten to a whole different level through an organization called open AI and they have now been funded billions and billions of dollars from Microsoft to um, a bunch of other companies. But in November, they released this application called ChatGPT. And I cannot stress enough how mind-blowing it is that you can ask it to write a term paper or an academic paper or anything that you can think of that you need written and give it some parameters, give it a little bit of you know, direction, and within seconds, it will put out a piece of work that is perfectly written, the grammar is immaculate, the punctuation is immaculate, and you can go in and tweak it yourself, of course, copy and paste a word, but it is changing mm. everything. And it's, very, it's very scary in some ways, but it's very, very powerful in some ways, in the, in the way that sooner or later, you're going to be able to call your credit card company or whatever service it may be. And AI will sound and talk like a human, but you won't know it's not a human. And it will solve problems for you right there on the spot via the phone, text, chat, you name it. But you don't realize you're not talking to a person. So that's the fun side. The, the scary side is now 
hackers are using it, and they're from all over the world. So imagine, you know, if you're in India, you're in Russia, China, what have you, and you don't speak perfect English. Your grammar's not that great. So when you write a phishing attack email and send it out, everybody here in Missouri is going to look at that and go, okay, I, I can tell this is a fake email. The, the grammar's not so great. The punctuation's not so great. But even today, I just tested it out. I wrote a phishing attack email that was posing as UPS. And within 10 seconds, it had written an email for me in perfect English. Wow. And it was a perfect phishing email that I could have sent out with a link with a, a fake tracking number that then would have infected whatever company network mm. the employee had clicked on that link. And and I want to I want to get to some of the horrors of this in, in a few minutes. Of course, we're talking to the co-founder of ThrottleNet, George Rosenthal. And and George, I assume I started playing with this uh, chat GPT probably at the end of December. And and I've spent yeah. some time. I hate to admit how much time I've spent on this because it's been a lot. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but uh, Me but too. I assume from from a tech perspective, I assume that there's just massive data sets here that are fed into the computer algorithm in order to produce the results that it that it produces. Yes, in fact, it's it, well, it's searching through the internet of every single piece of written text ever put out on the internet. So it has access to all of that. Um, what's really, really crazy is that in, they're saying in months, I say they, meaning Microsoft and the major investors, along with, and, and now chat, just so everybody knows, Open um, AI is an organization that is basically having an open source. So people can contribute to this uh, chat GPT and make it better and better and better. So that's why they're estimating in months, you will not be able to recognize the difference between a human and chat GPT as far as the writing goes. And then what's wild is that it can take different images on the internet. It searches the whole internet for images and can now draw artwork. All you have to do is give it a little bit of direction. It'll draw a picture for you based on other images it has seen and, and, and saved throughout the entire internet. So, so we're actually yeah we're actually getting close to the the famous uh, uh, mathematician early computer scientist Alan Turing had what's called the Turing test uh, whenever yeah. computers get smart enough that you can't determine whether or not you're talking to a human or to artificial intelligence we're getting yeah. very close to that then aren't we we are actually there almost there and here's one here's another fascinating thing that's that Chad GPT blew me away at it recently passed the level two interview for a Google software developer and passed it with flying colors, meaning that it wrote, it took the questions from a job interview at Google, answered the questions with written software code and the code worked. Wow. So you now have software writing software. Right. Fascinating. Sure. Because then of course that could be exponentially, that that creates the exponential growth that everyone's always been concerned about from from uh, even from the Terminator movies, you know, where you've got yeah. computers creating computers and technology creating technology. Uh, here's the one thing that I did, George. I, I I'm a Star Trek nut, okay, and yeah, I, and yeah. I went to I went to Chat GPT and I said, write a short story about Captain Kirk and Captain Picard going on vacation together, and <laughs> and, and it wrote like a 500 750 word short story. It was very very interesting. But there was some incorrect information in there that they had about uh, Picard and Kirk that only a true Star Trek aficionado like me would pick up on. I guess my question is this. 
accuracy can be somewhat of an issue with chat GPT, can't it? 100%. In fact, that's how I believe it was a Yale professor or maybe it was Harvard. One of the Ivy League schools, uh, the professor caught a student uh, because they had the chat GPT said that a historical event had happened at this particular date in this particular location, and it hadn't happened then or there. So that is one way that the professor caught him. Then, then the student admitted that he used GPT to write his paper, and now they're changing to all oral, uh, they, all oral tests. So there's no more written papers that need to be turned in. You're going to have to know the information, stand up in front of the class, and tell everybody. So there are a lot of downsides mm-hmm. to what's going on, but there's a lot of amazing things that are going to happen in ways that your car will be able to talk to you. Your car will be able to solve problems for you while you're driving. Your your appliances will be able to ex- examine what's going on in the refrigerator with dates of food being outdone and then tell you automatically when you need to go get new food. There's a lot of really cool things coming, uh, but there's with that, there's always some bad people that try to find a way <laughs> To use yeah. it in a malicious fashion. And, and, that's, and that's what I want to talk about now. We're talking to the co-founder of ThrottleNet, George Rosenthal. And at least you've you already highlighted one of the, the issues by threat actors, uh, by someone writing a, a phishing email that otherwise would be in broken English, but they can use chat GPT to make it sound like a, a Native American, not a Native American, but a, a, an American, a person from the United States actually wrote it. But actually... Chat GPT can be used to write malicious code too, can't it? Yes, and so entry-level hackers, or what we call the wannabe, the wannabe criminals that are wanting to get into the industry in a bad way, if they don't know how to write code in, in a high, high advanced level, they can now use Chat GPT to do that, um, which is kind of dangerous because now you've got a bunch of entry-level people writing code to hack into your networks to get into your systems and then hold your files for ransom. So I think the, the, the ransomware problem in this country is about to get worse. Mm. And here's why the average person, not, I, actually not even the average person. I think the most advanced person very, very soon will not be able to tell the difference between a phishing email from a bad person and a regular email from your friend down the hallway. So It's going to get really, really spooky in that way, which leads me to the point of how do we protect ourselves? Because if it's going to keep getting more advanced and more advanced, you just have to put up more walls and make sure that your personal life is secure, that your business life is secure, and and, and that you have tools in place to handle it. Because the, the, the amount of threat actors that are going to now try and get paid by locking up your files and doing some bad things to you is going to increase. And, and and I got to drop another Star Trek reference here because oh I love it yeah you, because you 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 mentioned something that triggered a thought. There's a great uh, Next Generation episode where Jordy LaForge and Data are pretending to be Sherlock Holmes and Watson, and of course Data the the android solves the entire mystery in the first five seconds, and Jordy's upset, so he tells the computer create a character, create a villain that can defeat Data. Now, he doesn't say create a villain that can defeat Sherlock Holmes. He says create a villain that can that can defeat Data, and we get this supervillain called Moriarty. Now, the reason why I bring that up, George, because I know you like Star Trek, but the reason why yeah. I bring this up is, is that we now can have chat GPT or artificial intelligence create code that perhaps, whether it's... Uh, 
uh, whether it's code in terms of encryption code or code that can break through encryption, we've got now artificial intelligence that can actually write computer code. Absolutely. And, and, and write computer code along with things that no one would really think about a computer writing. For instance, if you just had an idea for, let's say, an episode of Star Trek, and you give ChatGPT a few scenarios, you say, I need you to write a 20-minute TV episode that includes these characters with this story plot, go. It will literally, and I've, I've done this myself, it will say, enter actor into hallway, and it oh, will set the scene wow. and write the entire episode step-by-step step for you, and then you can copy and paste it into Word and do what you want with it. So screenplays are being written, are going to be written mm -hmm. initially, by chat GPT. So you could literally create your own episode of Star Trek with whatever scenarios you want, and it will create it for you oh, that's in crazy. perfect English in real time. Now, you can pay 20 bucks a month. Uh, chat GPT finally started charging. I couldn't believe they were doing this all for free. Uh, but if you pay $20 a month, you have unlimited access to write as many uh, chat conversations as you want. You can use it for free, but you'll be at the back of the line if the servers get busy and it'll shut down. But yeah. I would highly encourage you to go to open.ai. Uh, it's open.ai. Chat GPT, you'll see the button there. It just says try it for free. If you can't get in, you'll have to try it different times of the day. Um, but it is a fascinating yet kind of scary scenario yes. of computers being able to write and solve math problems immediately, uh, have conversations with you based on any topic you can think of, uh, it can give you recipes for food all the way to code that could hack into whatever it may be. I mean, for goodness sakes, a, a, a computer software program passed a level two interview for Google software developers. That's fascinating to me. That blows my mind. Stunning. It's code being written by code. And where does that Where does that lead over time? As, as, yeah. Right. And so where does this go as humanity progresses? I think it's going to be into every device we use. You're going to have AI and not just your car, but you're going to have AI, artificial intelligence in your TV, in your refrigerator. And, and people say, well, why would I need artificial intelligence in my refrigerator? It would tell you everything from the dates your food or your food's going mm -hmm. bad, trends of things your family likes to eat and automatically suggested on your shopping list. There's so many interactive things that are about to happen. Yeah, the possibilities uh, are endless. Intelligence. Yeah, the, the possibilities are endless. endless. Uh, George Rosenthal, really co-founder of ThrottleNet. Hey, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon to talk about such a mind-blowing topic. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. I really appreciate the opportunity. Good to talk to you, George. Take care. Thanks, uh, and, thank you, Brad. You too. And, and in addition to the things that George said, you know, the legal issues here are immense. Because if, if chat GPT or artificial intelligence is writing stories, can chat GPT or can a computer own a copyright interest in a work of art. And the courts have said, no, they can't, that you have to be a human because monkeys take pictures, but monkeys can't have a copyright. So you got to be a human. So who owns the copyright in all this? We don't know. We're going to have to figure this stuff out. And hopefully lots of lawyers will get paid as we figure this process out over the coming years. Brad Young sitting in for Mark Reardon. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the immigration issue at the Texas border with Michael Chapman on from CNS News next here on the Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young sitting in. Don't go away. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young sitting in today. And immigration, it just continues to be one of the most vexing issues in our country, seemingly because of the refusal of the Biden administration really to do anything, do anything at all about this issue. So joining us to discuss this is Michael Chapman with CNS News. Hey, Michael, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Uh, In in the absence of leadership from Washington, D.C. on the immigration debacle, Texas is actually doing something about it. Tell us about that. Yes, um, uh, Governor Abbott, uh, Republican governor of Texas, um, had complained quite a bit about the lack of cooperation and help from the Biden administration on dealing with all the illegal immigrants and, and drugs and crime that were coming across the border. So he finally set up his own state-level operation called uh, Operation Lone Star. And uh, that was launched in March of 2021. And it's, so far, it's been been fairly successful, according to the governor's office. Um, It's a division that runs out of the governor's office and is answerable uh, to Governor Abbott, but it involves uh, using uh, the Department of Public Safety in Texas, uh, as well as the National Guard and um, also the Texas Military Department personnel from those offices. And they're allowed to, they can't, of course, stand, <clears throat> stand at the border and enforce the federal laws on immigration, but they can go after um, illegal immigrants, uh, people who are in the country illegally and, and crim- um, drug dealers and, and human traffickers and so on in areas in Texas um the 53 counties so far, uh, from what the governor's office says, these are uh, what they call uh, high threat areas uh, where there's a lot of uh, a lot of illegal activity and, and illegal movement of migrants going on. And under that state uh, state declaration, the governor can send in the National Guard uh, and um, the uh, military uh, personnel that that he, he he deems is necessary to go after these folks. And in their latest uh, press release, which we reported on uh, last week, 
since uh, I guess it's been about May of 2021, they they have arrested um, or apprehended at least 348,000 illegal immigrants. That is a uh, stunning. That's a stunning number. 348,000 apprehensions. Yes. Yeah, yes, just in Texas. Wow. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. It's quite impressive. And uh, it doesn't get a lot of attention on the national media, I think, for obvious reasons. Uh, I, I think a lot of the, the liberal media don't mm-hmm. want other, st- other states uh, to follow suit or to um, give this much attention um, across the country. Yeah, well, it CNS News, made, and this is what I want to get to next, mm-hmm. because CNS mm-hmm. News recently reported that Texas, in addition to this 348,000 apprehensions at the border, that Texas has also seized more than 361 million doses of the deadly drug fentanyl. So in the absence of these seizures by Texas, this fentanyl could have been distributed and killed untold numbers of children or young adults across the country. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a fact. That's not hypothetical. Uh, that's the amount of drugs, according to their uh, their latest uh, press release, in, in terms of what the fentanyl they captured. They also captured marijuana and cocaine and other drugs, but the fentanyl, which is considered, as you know, and every, I guess most people know, is extremely deadly, and, and it was caught in Texas and uh, it didn't get to be distributed throughout the country, and and, and probably I, I'm you know, assuming, uh, save some lives. Absolutely. And, uh, well, what does Texas, what does Texas governor Abbott say about the failure of the Biden administration to do anything, anything about this border crisis? Well, he, he's used language like, like you're using, uh, the failure of the administration to do anything. And he has complained publicly, um, many times in letters, open letters uh, to the administration, because I assume that private conversations or uh, conversations behind the scenes uh, were not getting anywhere. So he went public with it. Um, And he has said that the Biden administration refuses to secure the border. And these policies are just further. It's a it's a broader invitation for illegal immigrants, drug dealers, human traffickers and so on. And um He's trying to do everything he can as the, you know, the governor of Texas to try to secure the border and try to protect the people in Texas. But even also to protect, I mean, a lot of these folks, they're coming illegally, but he's trying to protect them as well because there's human trafficking, uh, there's crime, there's drugs, and he's trying to deal with it in a legal orderly fashion. And the Biden administration, from everything the governor has said publicly, is, is just ignoring him. Um, and the a lot of the liberal media criticized him when he created this program because he has National Guard folks out there uh, with Humvees, and um, they're tracking these people down, and they're catching them, they're arresting them, and, and um, a lot of the media do not like to see that. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're talking to Michael Chapman with CNS News, and, and, and listen, <clears throat> CNS News has been really at the forefront of covering a lot of this uh, news coming from the border regarding the border crisis that the mainstream media just refuses to cover. And, and Michael, we hear about the cities and states that whine when 48 uh, immigrants are transported to the Northeast. But, but what we're seeing in Texas, it's actually producing tangible results instead of just complaining about the issue. Absolutely. Um, 
these are these are real solid facts. This isn't theory. This isn't a hypothesis. You know what could happen, what we could do. He, he they are stopping these people, and those folks that need to be turned over to uh, federal um, Customs and Border Patrol, or uh, that happens. And then there are others, as he mentioned in the press release. There have been about twenty-four thousand criminal arrests. Um, it doesn't provide all the details, but I assume a lot of those uh, were drug crimes. Um, but also other criminals who are sneaking back into this country uh, are getting arrested. Um, and those are real, uh, that's real data. Um, you can track that and you can watch it and you can see what's happening. And mm. it's it obviously, as you mentioned very early on, he's he's stopping these folks and preventing a lot of the, uh, the really negative or criminal consequences from spreading out into the country. And uh, I you know, I think as a governor, he's doing what he should be doing. Uh, exactly. To protect people his people. State. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We, we, we commonly hear of areas being declared as disaster areas after a hurricane or tornadoes or earthquakes. But you, you mentioned this a few moments ago, Michael, and Texas has actually declared some border areas as disaster areas because of the influx of illegal immigrants. Yes. Um, in, in May of uh, 2021, um, Governor Abbott issued a dis- disaster declaration. And from what I've read so far, it covers up to, so far 53 counties in Texas, and most of them are on or near the border. And that gives him the authority to deploy the Texas National Guard to the border um, and the other um state uh, security personnel that I mentioned, the uh, Department of Public Safety and, and the military department. Yeah, under under that disaster declaration, he can do that. And that's what he's done. And um, some folks don't like it, but, you know, he's, he's doing what he thinks is the best thing to do. That's fantastic. We're talking to Michael Chapman with CNS News. And Michael, do we know or have any idea of how many uh, illegal immigrants were apprehended at the border last year in total, and not just in Texas, but do, do we know how many were apprehended in 2022 across our southern border? Um, the number um, that I, I've, I've um, uncovered is uh, it's from the Department of Homeland Security, um, but it was also reported on by Judicial Watch, which is a government watchdog group, um, and they write a lot about the border. And the latest numbers I have are that um, 2.4 million mm. uh, immigrants uh, were apprehended in 2022, and that is up from uh, 1.7 million in 2021. Um, so those those are both re- those both were record uh, record breaking uh, numbers. Yeah, it's just stunning uh, because because Michael, we're, we're of course we're here in the St. Louis area, and the entire St. Louis metropolitan area is 2.5 million. So it's as if the 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 border has They've apprehended two and a half million, meaning the entire St. Louis metropolitan area coming across the border in 2022. That's correct. And and you have to keep in mind that those are only the folks they caught. Exactly. We, we have no idea how many people were not apprehended. That's right. Uh, it's it's crazy. The border essentially is is wide open and um the numbers show it, and uh, it's absolutely incredible what's happening. The the other thing that's incredible, and you you wrote about this in your article at CNS News, is the cost. Now, 
we, we consider these numbers and we're throwing around big numbers of people who come across the border, people who are apprehended, and it's staggering. But even more staggering is the cost. What does this cost the United States per year to deal with this illegal immigration problem? Well, the number that I was able to dig up, uh, I got from an organization called the uh, Federation for America Immigration Reform, or FAIR, um, which has been around for quite some time. And uh, they track the illegal immigrant uh, problem. Uh, They've been doing that for many, many years. And they estimate that the cost to the U.S. taxpayers of dealing with uh, illegal uh, migrants or illegal aliens every year is about $132 billion every single year. Um, I want to make sure folks get that, $132 billion. billion. Yes, it's it's insane. It's it's crazy. Um, and then there are all the, all the so many other related costs that we can't really calculate uh, when uh, illegal aliens commit crimes, uh, murders and rapes, um, drug trafficking um, that go down the line and go downstream and affect so many other uh, aspects of our society. And, and it's, I don't know how you necessarily no. can, um, can measure those. It's incalculable. Costs, you know? Yes. Well, so. I want to applaud you, Michael Chapman from CNS News. I want to applaud you for actually having the guts to cover this issue when so much of the mainstream media simply ignores it. If, if folks uh, want to follow what you and others at CNS News are reporting about this ongoing border crisis, how can they find you? They can find us uh, online at cnsnews.com. Um, we're also on uh, Facebook. Um, cnsnews.com and Twitter, and also um, a number of other sites, I think Rumble and Gab and uh, uh, Getter. Um, I don't know all the social sites, but certainly on, on Facebook and Twitter and Rumble, and then also the website, um, they can find all our stories there, and we have a large archive of materials. Very good. Michael Chapman, CNS News. Thanks so much for joining us this afternoon on 97.1 FM Talk. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. It's great to talk to you. And if you think about this as a problem, and I've had this conversation many times, it's logical to say, why does Washington do nothing about it? And it's easy to say, oh, it's the Democrats' fault. That's easy to say. That's a default issue. But it's not just the Democrats' It's it's a combination. It's a confluence of issues that create this problem. And and here's here it is in a nutshell. You have those on the left. This is no secret. Those on the left want uh, more folks to come in from the southern border because it achieves two purposes. Number one, it increases the size of the government because the government has to take care of these folks. And number two, it creates future Democrat voters, because these people enter the country with the idea many times that the government is going to take care of me, and therefore uh, that's a Democrat voter mindset. So that's the one, one side. But the second side of the issue is just as troubling, and that's the country club Republicans who look at it and say, well, we have a labor shortage in this country. We have low unemployment, and yet when you've got such low unemployment, and you look around and every, every company you go to has a help wanted sign in the window. If you have a pulse, you could get a job today in this economy, not because of President Biden, but because so many people are not working. 
And so we need workers in this country. So you got the country club Republicans who say, well, we're really not going to do anything about immigration because we want that pool of laborers. We want that labor pool coming into this country that will work for cheap and will provide some of those jobs that we simply can't fill with people who are currently in this country. So when you put that, that, uh, that left, that progressive left side of it, and then you put in the country club Republican side, you have this confluence of, of interests in Washington that say this issue is better left unsolved. And yet, when you look at what we just talked about with Michael Chapman, we've got fentanyl coming in, millions of doses of fentanyl, uh, 361 million doses were confiscated simply by the, by the state of Texas in the past year and a half. It's killing our kids. You've got that flowing in. We don't even know about the potential terrorists who could be coming into this country because we don't know who's coming in. We can't identify it. And the left tries to say if you are, uh, if you are against an open border that you're racist. But that's not the case at all. I'm all in favor of legal immigration. In fact, we should be expanding legal immigration because then we can give folks background checks. We can make sure that they're not criminals. We can make sure that they're not drug traffickers. And we can expand the pool of people coming in this country legitimately instead of swimming across uh, the Rio Grande in Texas and coming in in the dead of night. So that's, I just I blatantly reject that racist lab, label because it's not a position against immigration. It's a position against illegal immigration. And that's something that so many Americans on the right and the left can agree upon. But we've got these interests in Washington that prevent that from happening. Hey, we've got to take a break. When we come back after the break, we'll get to the audio cut of the day coming up here on the Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young sitting in today on 97.1 FM Talk. Welcome back to the last segment here on the Mark Reardon Show. Mark should be in tomorrow. And uh, I've had a blast here today with you. I'm Brad Young. And remember, if you want to send me an email, I always love email from listeners. Be young at harrisdowell.com. H-A-R-R-I-S as in Sam, D as in David, O-W-E-L-L. I'm a military tech aficionado. And one of the things that, that I've been uh, looking at over the last 20, 25, 30 years is how Russia has always been viewed as this massive military force. And, and at least in terms of the, the legend of the Russian military, some of it was a holdover from, from the Soviet Union. And I've always thought that Russia's military was nothing but an empty shirt, that basically Russia is a third world country that happens to have nuclear weapons. And, I mean, obviously that's not completely true. They've, Russia has a very potent submarine force. Uh, they have a very active bomber fleet. Most third world countries don't have either of those. Uh, third world countries certainly don't have nuclear submarines. But it gets back to this idea that, that basically Russia has, has, has been a third world country with nuclear weapons or at least nuclear technology. But that wasn't the prevailing view. That wasn't the prevailing view until very recently. And now that view is changing. That view that says Russia is a potent military force, that view is changing. 
The other thing, before I get to the audio cut of the day here, is that a large portion of the Russian economy is built on the export of Russian military equipment. Thousands and thousands of jets, tanks, missiles, uh, SAM, surface-to-air missile, missile batteries. Their export business is robust. And now at this point, it's facing uh, dire consequences because their equipment isn't working very well. Why am I telling you all of this? Because our audio cut of the day deals with President Biden, who, as you know, went to Kiev today in a surprise visit, met with President Zelensky. And that brings us to our audio cut of the day. Now, the audio cut of the day. The audio cut of the day is sponsored by, of course, the Good Feet Store, Comfort, Energy, Performance, and Pain Relief, all at the Good Feet Store. And as Putin, or rather, as Biden was in Kiev with President Zelensky, I thought it was a great move today to go there. It was, and I'm very vocal about criticizing this president. But I'll also point out when I think he does something well, thankfully that doesn't really occur very often. But in this instance, I, I, I think going to Kiev was perfect because it really stood up to Putin to say, even though this is an active war zone, we're going to go there and I'm going to make a statement coming up on the one year anniversary of this illegal, immoral and unethical invasion of neighboring Ukraine. And this is what uh, Biden and Zelensky had to say today. But Russia's aim was to wipe Ukraine off the map. Putin's war of conquest is failing. Russia's military has lost half its territory it once occupied. Young, talented Russians are fleeing by the tens of thousands, not wanting to come back to Russia. Not, Not just fleeing from the military, fleeing from Russia itself because they see no future in their country. Russia's economy is now a backwater, isolated and struggling. Putin thought Ukraine was weak and the West was divided. As you know, Mr. President, I said to you in the beginning, he's counting on us not sticking together. He was counting on the inability to keep NATO united. He was counting on us not to be able to bring in others on the side of Ukraine. He thought he could outlast us. I don't think he's thinking that right now. And, and his vision, Putin's vision of conquest, is truly failing. And this vision of conquest I find interesting because if you go and Google Alexander Dugan, you'll see that this is the philosophical underpinning. Alexander Dugan creates this false narrative of history to demonstrate how the Soviet Union, which really was a proxy for Russia, uh, is supposed to be this dominant empire on the planet. And Putin has essentially bought into this philosophical vision that's been casted by Alexander Dugan. And so then you have Putin, who actually tried to implement a vision that never existed. Russia never had the military might to conquer the West, because if you see the, the, what the military is doing right now in Ukraine, Russia doesn't have the military uh, acumen to defeat Ukraine. 
Now, you may say, well, sure, but the West is giving them a lot of help. Right. But that help didn't happen immediately. That help took time. That took logistics to get our equipment, to get missiles, to get Javelin anti-tank missiles, to get surface-to-air missiles, to get our Harpoon missiles. All of the equipment that we're providing to Ukraine, that took time. But initially, Putin thought that his army would do to Ukraine what the U.S. Army did to Iraq. And that is, within a one-week period, go from nothing to victory in a one-week time frame. And that simply didn't happen. So look what's all crumbling for Putin right now. That's why I like that statement that this conquest, this vision of conquest is failing. Because now Russia is seen as what I've talked about for the last 25 years. It's really just an empty shirt. It's a military that has, is, is bereft with, with graft. It's just filled with graft, operating equipment that doesn't operate. You know, it's really interesting, the tanks. The Russian tanks are called jack-in-the-box by, by NATO and by the West. You know why that is? Because Russia designed their tanks so poorly that they hold the ammunition stores of the tank directly underneath the turret. So if you hit that ammo with a missile, it explodes the turret that goes up in the air 100, 200 feet in the air. And that's a turret that weighs 30 tons, and it gets blown into the sky like a jack-in-the-box. So the world is seeing how much of an empty shirt Russia is, especially when they've got to buy equipment from Iran. They have to go to Iran and North Korea to support them in this war effort. That's why the biggest thing I'm concerned about right now, bar none, when it comes to this Russian war in Ukraine, is what will China do? Because China has the industrial capacity that Russia could only dream of having. And if, if China starts supplying equipment, whether it's missiles, whether it's trucks, to Russia, that could truly make the difference in Ukraine. It could also draw NATO into a greater war with, with Russia and even with China. And that is certainly the concern here. So as we move on in the coming weeks and months with this Russian war situation, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, to be very attentive of what does China do. In fact, I think that's the biggest reason why Putin will never use nuclear weapons in this aggression. Because if he does, China cannot have anything to do with them. Because if Russia uses nuclear weapons, it'll be a pariah in the international community, even more so than it currently is, and China cannot be aligned with a Russia that uses nuclear weapons. That's why he can talk about them, he can threaten them, he can bluff with them, but he will not use nuclear weapons, at least from my perspective. Hey, this has been a great day filling in for uh, Mark Reardon, who should be back tomorrow. Also, make sure that you stick around. Coming up after the show is the best of Dave Glover. Glover was on here live for years, and we still play him. He'll be coming up next at 6 o'clock on 97.1, the conservative voice of St. Louis. Hi, this is Brian with Velocity Home Buyers, and I get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 